Hello, everybody. It's Andrea Levoff here on my show where I interview dope-ass people. We talk about dope-ass shit on my dope-ass podcast. And today, it's me again. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Today, I'm, I'm in my closet, as always, and I'm on my floor because my desk is just too dirty. And I'm tired. I just got back from out of town. I was in L.A., uh, landed a little bit late, took off a little bit late. They let me know ahead of time, which is nice. I always like the heads up. Thank you, American Airlines, for letting me know so I can make other plans. I got to see my friend Beth, got to spend some time with her, and we had lunch, and it was wonderful. And I knew that the plane was going to be delayed, so I didn't get to the airport until I needed to. Always, always appreciate that heads up. You know, you got to love that. But I didn't get in until after... After 11, I didn't get home until after midnight. I had to move my son out of my bed. I had to pick him up. He had fallen asleep in there and put him in his bed. So I didn't get to sleep until after 1 a.m. I'm not complaining. I am complaining, but I'm not. Um, I feel very blessed to get to do what I do. And, you know, here I am on the floor and ready to talk about all the things. And this is actually a really good segue because the guy I was sitting next to last night on the plane he was drinking y'all i mean it wasn't just one or two i'm gonna say it was about five or six and yeah he was drinking uh i don't know why i don't know where he was going i don't know who he was but i did notice that um and i'm not judging i've been there i might be there again but whew, i had to say it made me um, happy for my big old bottle of water. So, yeah, he was drinking a lot. Um, he was falling asleep. He was, like, knocking my water over. You know, it's like I wasn't prepared to have those experiences. I'm prepared to have those experiences in a bar. It's just a little uh, jolting whenever it's not in that setting. So, yeah, that wasn't fun. But um, it brings me to my topic, which is... Sober, curious, sober, curious, and curiously sober. I was curiously sober. He was not. And last year, I can't believe I'm saying that, last year in 2019, I did not have an alcoholic beverage from October to almost the middle of December. And it was pretty wonderful, I'm not going to lie. So I wanted to talk to you and just tell you about my experience with that because it was really eye-opening. So I read, I read the book Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington, who is also the founder of The Numinous. And I picked it up probably, I think I saw one of my friends reading it on Instagram. I picked it up. I love to read. I'm an avid, avid reader, especially at night before I go to bed. And I read it and didn't really think much about it didn't really, I don't know, thought it sounded like a nice idea for other people. Um, and then I picked it up again recently and started reading it and I got really inspired and I wanted to try it. I also had some health goals that I was working on. I wanted to get leaner and I wanted to feel better and I thought that that might be a way to do that. So without any planning, without any horrible, you know, drunk night, without any regrets, without any bad memories, without any, you know, phone calls, text messages, nothing happened. I just decided to do it. One day I just said, that's it. I'm going to try this for a month. 
And then after a month, I thought that was really nice. I'm going to do it again for another month. I'm going to renew my subscription to sobriety. And then I did it for another half a month. And then, you know, uh, one night I just wanted to have a drink and I did. So that's kind of how it went. It wasn't it wasn't this huge plan. I just woke up one day and said, I'm not going to drink for another month. And my friends, you can do it too. I want to state that I feel super lucky that I don't have an alcohol addiction. I don't, oftentimes I don't, um, you know, drink during the week. But there were times on the weekend that I was drinking a lot with my friends. And a lot of my uh, memories with alcohol involve fun and involve singing and dancing and connecting. So, and I think that's a lot of us. So that's, that's one of the reasons I think it's tied to such strong emotions when we think about giving that up or reducing alcohol because there's all those fun memories and we think, you know, are we going to be fun? That was actually my biggest fear was, am I still going to be fun? I remember uh, seeing a comedy show in LA couple years ago and and one of the comedians was like you know when you become sober people always say oh it's you know it's fine I'm the same I'm I'm still fun I'm more fun no he's like no more fun you're not more fun (laughs) you're a lot of things you're healthier you're thinner you're sleeping better more fun yeah I don't I don't know about that do you guys remember your first drink I don't think I remember my first one, but I remember my drink of choice, which was Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm and Zima. Okay, I was really, really well-behaved in high school, but I I had the occasional Boone's Farm or Zima, you know, at, a, at one of those high school parties where you're like, you want to be so cool, right? You want to impress that guy or that girl, and you just, you want to fit in. You, like, kind of hate the feeling, but it's also kind of fun. And Ruby talks about in her, uh, she talks about that in her book, Sober Curious, about how we have these, we all have these histories and people that have fun memories of drinking and memories of, you know, being fun and funny and connecting and having a great time. And yeah, maybe waking up in the morning feeling like crap and being like, oh, that was so fun. How it's actually harder for us because we think that we're going to give that up when we give up alcohol and it just can't be further from the truth because like I said, I had so much fun and I remembered it all, all of it. And you know what? I still made stupid decisions. That was one of my fears that I wouldn't, I'd lose the ability to like be spontaneous and be myself, which is, you know, not, not the truth. But if you have all those fun memories, I think they call it your, your drunk history or your drinking history. You know, you kind of you worry about that, and that makes total sense. So just recognizing that and doing it anyway, feeling the fear and doing it anyway is what they say, uh, that can help. And, you know, people that have, you know, addictions and stronger histories to drinking, they also say, remember your last drunk. Like, remember the time where you ended up on the whatever street in your aunt's car's boyfriend and it was awkward? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying, but you know what I mean. You feel me. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm making a change is to approach it like a scientific experiment. And when I do it that way, it doesn't feel so, uh, I don't feel so attached to the results. So I sort of say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to track these things and I'm going to notice how I feel. 
And then I'm actually going to make a hypothesis. And then I'm going to see. And at the end, I'm going to weigh my results with what I thought was going to happen. I'm sure there's terms for this. I'm sorry, um, Mr. I can't remember my science my science teacher's name. I can see his face. I just can't. I, I see him there standing there. We're skinning the cats. Uh, what was his name? Oh, my goodness. I just wanted to state that um, I am from Texas. Yes, we were a little bit hick. No, we did not skin cats in science class. Um, yes, I did go to public school. No, we did not skin cats. Um, they were already skinned. And we did science experiments on them, like find their liver and heart and all the normal things that children do uh, with cadavers of animals. We did not skin them. <laughs> Mr. Hembry. Mr. Hembry was his name. I just screamed that. I saw the, the sound waves going off the charts. Mr. Hembry. So he would be proud. Anyway, so my hypothesis was that I was going to lose all this weight. I was like, I'm going to stop drinking and the pounds are just going to melt off. I mean, like I'm going to walk in to the gym and my trainer's going to be like, holy shit, Andrea, have you been seeing somebody else? What have you done? Did you get some, you know, one of those new treatments that actually worked? And my friends, I am sad to say that that did not happen. I don't think I was drinking enough to really make a difference in, um, in like a rapid weight loss. But I will say that steadily over those two and a half months, I did drop the pounds. But I do think it was more, I'm more conscious about what I eat when I'm not drinking. So if you think that's going to happen, unless you're drinking your dinner, basically, um, I was just moderately drinking. So that that did not, uh, that did not happen. So that was strike one. Um, I thought my biggest fear doing this experiment was what if I don't like, what if I'm not fun? What if it's hard to connect with people? What if I show up? And let me just go back and say, so one of my rules was that I, I had to do all the things that I would do if I was normally drinking. Now, I don't mean if I'm out, stay, I have to stay out till you know, two in the morning because that's what I would normally do. I just mean that I wouldn't alter my kind of behaviors, my social behaviors, based on the fact that I would be uncomfortable because I wasn't drinking because I really wanted to put myself in that situation to see what alcohol really did to me and how much it was affecting my life. Even though I was drinking very little compared to a lot of people or compared to what I thought is normal, um, I still wanted to see. And deep down, I was thinking at the end of this, that it would be sort of like, you know what, this really didn't make that big of a difference. Just continue on with what you're doing, Andrea. You are just fine. Um, and as as I'll talk about in a little bit, that was that was not the case. So bummer alert. Because I have so many fun memories with alcohol, yeah, my biggest fear was that that would that connection and that uh, fun that I really had with it, that ability to let loose and to quote unquote be myself would sort of go away. And I learned that that was not the case. In fact, I have to say I felt uh, a presence 
and an ability to connect with people much, much deeper than I ever achieved on alcohol being out. I mean, we all know what really happens when we drink. We don't. The thing is, is like, I don't need to tell you. I'm not, And I'm not preaching here. I'm not preaching. I'm just teaching. Just telling you my experience. Um, we all know what it does to her body. I mean, it's not, I'm not here telling you that, you know, it's not something you don't know. You wake up and you feel like, you know, death. It's not your body's way of saying, hey, awesome, let's do that again. Uh, in fact, let's go do that right now. No, that's our body's way of saying, what the fuck, bitch? What you doing? Give me, a, what are you putting inside of me? So that's just, I mean, I'm not even, that's just the obvious thing. But yeah, I mean, when you're out and you're drinking a lot and you're drinking to connect with somebody and they're drinking too, yes, there's that surface connection. But when you're sober and when I was sober, it was, I don't know, I just like had these moments where I would look at the people I was with and just really, you know, deeply appreciate them or notice something about them that I wouldn't have noticed before. And so that was just an extra little gift, you know? My uh, ability to tolerate people became a lot lower when I wasn't drinking. And there were a couple times where I was out where I thought, ay, 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 this is, this is not fun. And I went home. But for the most part, I still had a good time. I was still able to laugh with people. I was still able to stay out late. Turns out I'm pretty fun. And I don't need alcohol to dance. Don't need it. I uh, went on a girl's trip to New York, which I was pretty nervous about. And Ruby in her book calls them sober firsts. So these are things that you do that you're nervous about, that you've kind of always had a drink in your hand. And these are the things that, you know, you kind of, these are your first time doing, doing these things that you normally would have alcohol. So I had a sober first girl's trip. And I'm, you guys, when I commit to something, it's a bit crazy. Like I get, it's a good thing and a bad thing, mostly good, but I get I get really uh, maniacal about things. And I, when I said no alcohol for a month, this was in the first month, I meant it. And so we went out and I – actually, this was at the end of the month, so technically I could have had a drink that night, but then I decided in my heart to renew it. So at midnight, I ordered a tequila on the rocks. I love tequila and a water. And I was like, you know what? Midway through, I was like, I don't really want this. I didn't, I didn't actually didn't sip any of it. Midway through my order, I was like, I don't really want this, but I'm just going to, you know, kind of pretend to drink it so people leave me alone. And I took, I thought what I was taking the, I thought I was taking the water to my mouth to drink it. And it was actually the tequila. And as soon as it hit my lips, I was like, shit, this will mess up my two month streak. So I took the water glass and I put it up to my mouth and I actually spit the tequila into my water. That's how psychotic I am, folks, in case you're wondering. If I commit to something, I, I'll do it because I don't want that self-betrayal, you know? I want myself to know that when I say I'm going to do something that I'm not going to let myself down because so often we, you'd never let a friend down. You'd never say something to a friend and then, you know, not show up. So I really want to make sure that I am the same way for myself. So I survived. I survived the girls' trip on my sober stint, and it was great. I had a great time. I would do it again. I would definitely do that again. Um, I One of the other things that I predicted was that I 
was, you know, not going to notice on a day-to-day basis because, and I'm, you guys, I'm like, if you could see me right now, I'm like really reclining now. I mean, I am just, I'm going to take a picture. Hold on. Reclining on the floor and I am feeling good. I hope this doesn't change. Like now my diaphragm's all twisted, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, So I, I thought that maybe I would uh, not notice day to day because like I said, I wasn't really drinking day to day. And so what effect would that have on my body if I wasn't drinking day to day anyway? But after a couple weeks, I think when once it was sort of all cleared out of my system, I felt amazing on a day-to-day basis, you guys. Like, I felt positive. It affected my mood. It affected the thoughts in my head. I had noticed I was having more positive thoughts, more uh, confidence, more hope, more inspiration. And it was just lovely. I In those 2.5 months, I launched my podcast before it was sort of moving at a snail's pace. <laughs> Not because of anything in particular, just that I, you know, wasn't really putting the work in. And over those two and a half months, I recorded all these episodes. I had all this creativity, all this inspiration. Uh, It was really amazing. And I noticed how much that uh, moderate amount of drinking I was doing affected my mood. It really, really, really did. The beautiful, restful, blissful, yummy, milky, cuddly, soft. It's like being surrounded by a cloud in heaven. That's the only way I can describe completely alcohol-free body sleep. If if that's not enough for you to try it out, I don't know what is. Because that, my friends, is life. That is life. I noticed in social situations about myself or when I felt uncomfortable that how much I was reaching for a drink before. I mean, we all know this. And there's such a mommy, like, wine culture. It's like, it's almost kind of, I used to be into it, but now I'm just, because, you know, I like to to be different. But also, it's just so cliche, you know? It's such a cliche. It's such a cultural thing, like, and we're taught, right, to celebrate. When we celebrate, you drink champagne. And when you've had a hard day, you drink a glass of wine. And when you want to go out with your girlfriends, you take a tequila shot. That's just so ingrained in us. And it was interesting for me to actually listen to myself and listen to my feelings, listen to my feelings instead of push them away with, um, you know, a glass of wine. How fast they actually cycle when we're in them and when we feel them and when... um, we're just just for a second just to be like you know what this is making me uncomfortable I'm a little bit sad I need to cry I need to just sit with this for a second and be with it in a healthy way and that builds self-confidence and I felt after these two and a half months a little bit um a little bit what's the word I'm looking for I need a producer where's my producer the word I'm looking for is, yeah, confident. I felt more self-confidence and more authority, self-authority to sort of take care of myself and know that, like, I can have a hard day. I don't need a glass of wine. I can deal with it because I'm an adult, folks. That's what being an adult is all about. And I wouldn't trade my Sober Curious journey for anything. It was so eye-opening. It was an exercise in health 
and mental health and mental fitness and physical fitness. And I loved it. And now I come out and I'm everyone's like, how much are you drinking? What are you drinking? And in the book, Ruby won't even tell you what she's she's drinking now because she's afraid that everyone is going to compare themselves to, you know, are they okay? What is she drinking? Is this okay? So, but I'm going to tell you because I'm your best friend in the whole world. And I I am drinking um, very little to none, but I, I do. And I reserve the right to be drunk again. I might do it this weekend. I don't know. But the point is, I decide. I decide if I'm going to have zero. I decide if I'm going to have one. I decide if I'm going to have four. Any more than that, I'm probably not deciding. But yeah, I I feel really comfortable with my new plan and my reduced, at least reduced alcohol plan. I certainly don't need it. And if I want it and I feel like it's going to enhance the situation, then I'm open to it. I know that it certainly, certainly, certainly helped with my health goals. It was an eye-opener for me about when I was doing it and why I was doing it. It helped with my sleep. It helped with my mental state, my positivity. I was eating healthier. I mean, it's sad. It really still makes me a little bit sad because I wish I could say that it didn't have that big, uh, that big of an effect on really my life, but it did. It really did. Um, and it's crazy to me that to think that so many of us are just doing it because it's just ingrained in us and it's really just a knee-jerk reaction to what we've been taught. So I don't know. Like I said, I'm not preaching. I'm just teaching. And if you guys want to try it out, I really, really encourage it. I think it was an amazing experience. I know a lot of people do dry January. Um, I'm not doing dry January just because there's been a couple days this month where I have had a glass of wine, but I'm happy and I stand by it. I stand by that glass of wine, y'all. Um, yeah, I really loved it. And I'd love to hear your feedback. As always, I love it when you follow the podcast. I love your comments. I love hearing from you. It just makes me feel that makes me feel connected. You know, screw a glass of wine. That's that's real connection, real conversation. Um, so I'm always happy to have you guys review my podcast or share it with a friend if you think they'd be interested. If you are at all interested, I would highly, highly recommend Ruby's book, Sober Curious. Um, she also has a website. She's not doing Instagram that much right now. She's doing like an interesting social experiment detox and i would love to have her on to the podcast so if anyone has a ruby hookup let me know i would be forever grateful and as always yeah just come come hang out with me on instagram follow my podcast and stay dope my friends This podcast was produced by Dante32.